Good morning from Kid Street as well. It's good to have you guys 
down here together, you see on your spot, I have a little something for you to remember the season. Did you notice something different as you came up to the steps? What did you notice up here? Did you look up here? What are we celebrating? And Christmas means the coming of who? Yeah. Pastor Kevin's doing a sermon series on the greatest gifts. And I would say that the gift that is the greatest gift is what's in that picture right there you're holding. Do you see? Yeah. The gift of Jesus. And if you look at the bracelet that you have there as well, it says, the reason for the season, right? Christ is the promise. So remember that even though we're going to get together and eat a lot of sweets and food, right? We're going to open bunches of presents, right? That the real gift that is given to us is the gift of love, right? Jesus connects us to the greatest source of love. We're, we're saved from our sins because of just a little baby, right? And his life. So this season, we've kind of turned around Christmas. Instead of concentrating on what we're getting, right? We were concentrating on what we could give to others, what we could do for them. Did anybody think about and do something nice for someone else this week? Yeah? All right. You want to come up and get a piece of straw? Do you want to share what you did? What did you guys do nice for somebody? So she couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. So I figured it out. Oh, you just did it a second ago, right? Okay. So every time we were doing something nice for somebody at home, something good, we were adding some straw to the stable that we made at home. We can, we can do it here as well. Anybody else have something nice that they did for somebody else? You want to share? <laughs> okay, well, you can just place it on there, okay? All right, so as we continue to celebrate, looking forward to Christmas this week, think about what you can do for somebody else. Maybe it's, you know, clean something that somebody normally takes care of or pick something up or hold a door, right? Something simple. Maybe it's do their chore for them, right? You think about something around the house we could do for somebody else in our family, Right? Okay. So let's bow our heads and we'll pray and then worship the Lord for the greatest gift. Dear Lord, we do thank you so much for the gift of your son, for the love that you shared with us on Christmas. Help us to share that love with those around us, think of something nice to do for someone else, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. As always, during the season of Advent, we have someone come up and light an Advent candle. Today, Amanda and Adriel are going to come up and light the candle of salvation. 
So as they're doing that, y'all can come on up and light that now. I'll be reading a passage from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 and then 6 and 7. Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. The prophet, centuries before Jesus, proclaiming that Messiah will come, and he will come as a direct result of God's power. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. So all the things that we're talking about, the birth of Jesus, this Christmas season, the salvation we have, this is part of God's eternal plan for us. So we invite you to follow Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, and our Savior. Would you pray with me? Father, again, we thank you for this gift. We receive it. We ask, Father, that you would work in our lives. Help us to live in a way that honors you. Help us to live so that people can see Christ within us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand as we continue to sing and praise God together. Sigh. 
against each other, we've dealt with a pandemic, and sometimes we've just seen a lot of hatred. But God, you are our healer. You're greater than everything. You will bring us up out of this and help raise us into a new tomorrow. And Lord, we just ask that we would begin listening to you and sharing your love with others. Father, I just ask that the tithes and offerings that we leave you today will bless not only your kingdom, but bless those who need it most. In your name I pray, amen.
Thank you, Michelle and others. Open your Bibles with me this morning, if you would, in your New Testament to Matthew 5 and John chapter 16, both in the Gospels, Matthew 5 and John chapter 16. Continuing our series about God's great gifts, the things that God gives us each day, Sometimes they're very religious in nature. They sound spiritual and churchy and things like that. And other times they're just really very common. So today we talk about one of those common gifts. The gift of healthy relationships. Healthy relationships take all sorts of shapes and sizes. They don't fit any one structure. Sometimes people that have nothing in common can be great friends. Other times people that have all sorts of things in common can't stand to be around each other. No rules here, but God can help us in these relationships. Matthew 5 and John 16. As always, we pray. I would ask you to continue to pray for Nick and Renee Morris, you know, our church members. He was shot several times a couple of weeks ago. You remember that in a drive-by shooting. Don't know many of the details. He has had all of his surgeries, and he is recovering well. He will be out of work for some time, so pray for them if you would. Uh, he will have some long-term effects, a lot of physical therapy. 
And of course now, if some of you would like to give something special to go to help them meet their needs, you can give that and just write that on your check or on your bulletin or on your check or offering envelope for benevolence to Nick and Renee and we'll be able to get in the right place. And we've already done that a little bit and we'll do that more. So be in prayer for them if you would. Pray also for our nation as the vaccine is distributed, as our government officials continue to fuss about everything. Pray that God can work and do something with us. I'll give you a few moments to pray. I'll close and then we'll look at this passage together. Would you bow with me please? Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your presence and again for your gift of life in Jesus. We thank you, Father, that this salvation covers our sin, cleanses us, helps us in this life, and prepares us for the life that is to come. Thank you, Father. You are concerned for us. You prepare for our needs. and You take care of us. Thank you. We thank you, Father, for this life on this earth for life in this great nation, for the land of plenty we enjoy, for the blessings we have every day. We thank you, Father. We recognize and just thank you because every good gift is a gift from you. Thank you. Lord, this morning we pray for our people, Nick and Renee Morris in particular as he recovers from his shooting. Be with them. We pray for a complete recovery, his ability to get back to work, for their relationship in a very difficult time. Help us to care for them too, Father. We pray for others, so many that have needs, those that struggle against the virus, for those that fight against it as medical professionals, be with them. For those that distribute the vaccine, we pray, Father, for efficiency and success. We pray, Father, that this would soon become nothing more than a bad memory. Comfort those families that have lost loved ones. Prepare us, Father, for the days ahead. As always, be with our first responders, our soldiers, medical personnel, police, firemen. Protect them. Use them to save lives and bring peace. And, Father, help us to police ourselves. We pray for the gift of self-restraint, for the ability to control our tongue, our temper, our post on Facebook. Help us, Father, to remember that everything we do must honor Christ and reflect the faith that is within us. Help us, Father, in this Christmas season. Help us to receive the wonders that is Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Talking about great gifts. So what do you want for Christmas? I used to be able to come up with a very long list. Tammy would say, Kevin, it's time for a list. And I would work, get the work. And I would. my usual gift was um, anything from Harbor Freight, the tool company. And they used to produce these big catalogs. 
And instead of me trying to define Tammy to Tammy what I wanted, I would just go through the catalog and circle with a big pen all the things in the catalog that I would want. There would be dozens of items, and I knew I couldn't have them all, and she didn't have to understand what they were. All she had to do was spend the right amount of money on all the circled items. It was a very simple thing for me, and Tammy liked that, and she passed that catalog along. And then for several years, I, got, I had a Harbor Freight Christmas, which is quite all right with me. So I got all those tools. And then I went through a gun phase, and I wanted guns and bullets and ammo and accessories and all those kinds of things. And I've always had a hot rod thing for cars and always gone through that stuff. But I'm to the place now where I, I haven't necessarily grown out of all those things, but I don't really want that stuff anymore. So when Tammy and I had this conversation, Kevin, we need a Christmas list, I was pretty uncomfortable because I couldn't come up with anything that I really wanted. So I wandered around and just went about my business, didn't think about it too much. And then I thought about a couple of books I wanted about airplane engines, you know. But I really couldn't come up with anything else, so I was sitting there working on my list. And so I finally wrote the one last thing that I would probably really enjoy. And I gave her the list, and she goes, really? Bacon? Because I, I didn't know what else I really wanted in life, so I just thought, Bacon? You know, bacon's always appropriate. It's good in every meal. There's nothing that isn't made better by bacon. And so I thought, sure, bacon. She goes, how am I supposed to give you bacon? I said, well, probably frozen. That'd be okay. She goes, you seriously want bacon? I said, sure. And I don't know if I'll get any bacon or not, but, you know, I began to realize that there's so many of the things in this life that, well, I really don't want them anymore. If I don't already have them, I don't need them. And I'm, I guess I'm aging. And I did tell her somewhere along the way that really all I really wanted to do was get together with my kids. And I began to realize that I don't know if it's wisdom or just getting older or something, but I'm beginning to value the time with my people than anything else. You know, those are the things that I value. Strangely enough, I drove in today, and I always listen to NPR on the way in on Sunday mornings. They have some good shows, and they interviewed a musician this morning, a musician and her husband. They're professional musicians, both of them. They sing together. They have a crew and all those things, and she had uh, gotten the COVID virus and was hospitalized for 30 days. Right after their career was beginning to take off in early March, she contracted the virus, and she was out of commission for about four months, and when you're a musician, four months is forever trying to get on the scene. And she said something, and she wasn't trying to be profound, but I, I thought it was really profound. She said, you know, the COVID, as I lay there in the hospital bed, she was on a vent, she goes, I realized that the big things really aren't that big. You know, even my career, it's really not that big, but the everyday things, my relationships, the small things, she goes, those are big. And I thought, well, there's my sermon. Now, I have thought about my sermon beforehand, but I thought, you know, she said what I'm going to say very simply. Relationships, the little things in life that we just take for granted and are just there, really are the big things. So today when we talk about one of the gifts that God gave us, the gift of healthy relationships, is probably one of the biggest gifts. Apart from that relationship we have in Jesus, the relationships that sustain us and nurture us and give us joy, those are the big things, aren't they? And they cost nothing. I guess maybe that's one of the values of the Christmas season. All this stuff, gifts and all that, you know, we focus not just on what we get, you know, we kind of get past that. 
Instead, we want to see the smile of the kids when we get them gifts or the smile on the face of your spouse when you give them something nice and extravagant and, and things like that because we finally get to the point, and it takes a lot of us decades to get to the point where those relationships, well, that's really the point of this whole thing. On screen is this idea. God has given us the gift of relationships, of godly relationships, of relationships that help us and sustain us. Maybe this coronavirus has helped us. We were talking in the praise team practice this morning, and I told them about the musicians, of course, and, and that I'd heard it interviewed, and we talked about how maybe this year, because of the pandemic, and because we've lost so many, and because life has been made dear to us by the threat, maybe we're finally getting it. I don't know if we'll remember it, but this year, we are. My big family is getting together, but my big family got smaller this year by about 15 people simply because the rest of the people can't come together. They're not really in my bubble, and you understand that. You know, there are people in my family that they're sort of in my bubble, but they're not, so they don't get to eat with me this year. And it's kind of a weird thing. And the celebration is diminished because they're not there. They're fine. Maybe in July we'll get together and be an odd thing. Jesus knew that the small things that are relationships are the big things. So in his Sermon on the Mount, he addressed the little things that were really the big things. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount was talking to thousands of people, screaming because of the, there was no sound system and all those kinds of things, doing his best to communicate his big chance to talk about dramatic spiritual truths. And he did something in the Beatitudes, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, that surprised everybody. Follow along, if you would, in Matthew 5. I'll read verses 5 through 9. This is Jesus talking. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So here's Jesus again, his big chance to talk to thousands. This is the moment preachers want. And he talked about, look at those phrases again, gentle, merciful, peacemakers, relationship things, weren't they? You see, what he was doing was giving us a gift. If you want good relationships, if you yearn for relationships that sustain you, if you want to express what you feel inside to those around you, this is what you do. You're gentle with them. You are merciful with them. You forgive them. You give them grace. And on it goes. The gift there is truth that is eternal. You see, this is truth that is irrespective of culture or situation. If you want your relationships to thrive, be gracious, seek peace. The things that Jesus said. You see, no relationship in your life should be devoid of these characteristics. So Jesus is saying, I don't care who you are. 
I don't care how people treat you. I don't care what's happened. This is what you need to be doing as Christian, as follower. You see, he wanted the people to understand that the little things of everyday relationships were the big things. And he wanted us to experience the joy that comes from those relationships. But he also wanted us to know that if, if you're a follower of Jesus, and just was Jesus saying to people, if you want to be my people, this is how I want you to live. You see, he didn't talk much about going to church all the time. He didn't talk about singing the right kind of music, whatever that is, or wearing the right kind of clothing, or any of the things that people so often associate with being Christian. Instead, righteousness, mercy, peacemaker. Those are those truly spiritual things. I found out the hard way, as have you, that people can be very religious and not very nice. Jesus would prefer kindness and graciousness rather than religious. Righteousness isn't spouting off religious truths necessarily. Righteousness is most often worked out in grace towards others. Forgiveness. Yes, share your faith. Yes, resist sin as much as you can. But as much as anything, love people. He said something else in Matthew chapter 7. Turn over to there if you would. Matthew chapter 7. On screen, read this with me if you would. In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. The golden rule. Last night we had a shindig at my kid's house. And they made a pinata. And that's a long story why they had a pinata. And Henry, the five-year-old boy, had a baseball bat in his hand. Yes. Not much wisdom there. And he started swinging. And yes, he hit people. And his mama said, Henry, do you want us to hit you with the baseball bat? No. Okay, then quit hitting others. So she gave him the, the golden rule. I don't know that he caught it yet. He's going to catch it someday, I hope. But, you know, the golden rule is really very simple. Because my five-year-old grandson could understand it. If you don't want people to hit you, don't hit them with a baseball bat or anything else. Don't bite them, I heard my younger granddaughter get told. Don't bite. Do you want us to bite you? Well, no. Well, then quit biting. And yes, it all happened in just a few minutes with my kids. Again, the golden rule. Now, there wasn't any really religious ceremony there. We didn't lay hands. Well, we wanted to. We didn't lay hands on her or pray for her or anything. But the golden rule was taught. You see, Jesus understood the golden rule is really simple. It's not religious in nature at all, but it is profoundly spiritual because in one fell swoop, Jesus taught us to think about others. To treat them like you want to be treated. In other words, to think about your relationships rather than just react because so many times we just react. Instead, think about others. How would you want them to be treated? Jesus was pretty clever one other thing, this thing about relationships, Jesus gave us good teachings we've been talking about. But the, the even greater thing that God did in Jesus, he said, in your relationships, I will be with you. And on screen you can see this idea that God is present with us to help us. The old adage is, the flesh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is not Applied to so many things, dieting and all those things. 
even relationships. Well, I want to be nice. I just can't. I just don't like him, her, it, whatever. I just remember. Jesus says, I understand. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And Jesus explains that. Now, if you would, turn over to John 16. John 16. Verse 7. Jesus talking. Not talking about relationships at all. But he says this. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now you remember the Old Testament stories. The Holy Spirit would come to certain people at certain times for certain situations. Kings, prophets, warriors, etc. It was understood that the Holy Spirit was God's way of working on this planet in people's lives. He would come, he would help, and then he would leave. But Jesus made it the point here that as soon as he leaves, and this is after his resurrection and after the ascension, the Holy Spirit would come and be with people. So there is a huge shift here. We go from one world view in the Old Testament, and then with a simple sentence, we are transfixed to this new world view. In Christ, the Holy Spirit is with us all the time. Now that's huge. Because you remember, in the Old Testament, prophets and kings could do wonderful things and they could, they could be truly wonderful godly people because the Spirit of God was with them. So they said, and Jesus said, all those things you've read about prophets and kings, that's you. Mechanic, mama, grandma, preacher, teacher, coach, whatever. If you follow Jesus as Savior, not only is the Holy Spirit within you, that's God's promise, but the Holy Spirit is able to help you in your relationships. Self-control, being gracious and kind and those kinds of things. It's to our advantage, he says. There's a passage in Scripture, Galatians chapter 5. I'll read this to you. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is what happens to you when you allow the Holy Spirit to work within your life. It is sometimes a, a miraculous and dramatic process. And then sometimes it happens over a period of years and decades. What happens is God changes you. The spirit of self-control, you know, I, I think of that often. It's, it's something I think about almost every day, not just as it applies to me, but it applies to other people because people need it too. Just this week, I cut somebody off in traffic kind of out of desperation. I've been following this tractor at 18 miles an hour as fast as 30 other of my closest friends in cars ahead of me. I've been following this tractor with the big farm implements and he couldn't get over and the road was narrow, etc., etc. We were all kind of steamed about this tractor being our way because we... Well, we had to get home and eat or something. I don't know. So anyway, we got a chance, and we all blew by this tractor, and he didn't care. He just waved us on, which was okay. And I took a chance and got around, and I wasn't going really fast, but just as I came around the corner from around this tractor, there was a guy coming up the hill, and he was not near as gracious to me as he should have been. I waved like, sorry, and you know what he did to me, don't you? He was not happy with me. 
Not only did he flip me off, he rolled down the window and yelled and screamed and waved his arm at me. Not, hello, Kevin. I know that I got in his way. I know I should have waited another five or six minutes to pass the tractor, but I didn't. It wasn't necessarily dangerous. We were all going pretty slow, and there was plenty of room at that pace, so there wasn't any real danger. And I, I thought, you know, he could have been a little bit nicer about that after I calmed down. I, I understood his anger, and I've been there too. But the next time someone does it to me, I think I'll remember I don't really need to be flipped off when I do something kind of out of desperation. I don't really need people to yell and cuss at me and call me names. I don't like it any more than anybody else. So hopefully I will remember the next time someone cuts me off in traffic, I'll wave at them and, and I'll use all five fingers. Not that I would do that other anyway, but you know, you know how it is. You drive, there's road rage, you know. Treat other people like you want to be treated. Think about it in advance. So when I'm driving on this road, and where I live, there's a lot of farm implements going 18 miles an hour at this time of year. The big tractors, you've seen them. And it's just the way it is. So I am reminded, okay, if and when I get cut off, and it's almost a guaranteed thing that I will get cut off somewhere along the way, I will be gracious and just wave them on and make room for them rather than getting mad and doing all sorts of stupid things. Because I want to try to practice what Jesus teaches. And I, again, I, I don't always do this, and neither do you. But you know, God wants us to think about it. When you're driving, and there's a situation where someone cuts you off, how do you want people to treat you when it happens? Then act that way. It's not necessarily easy. Regardless of the situation, when you want to slap someone, do you want them to slap you? Well, of course not. When someone has something that you want, do you steal it? What would you want them to steal from you? You see how simple that is? My three-year-old granddaughter can learn this. She can't do it yet, but she can learn. I don't want people to bite me. I'm not going to bite them, and so on and so forth. Henry can learn. I don't want people to hit me with a baseball bat. I'm not going to hit them with a baseball bat. You know, it's funny when there's a little kid. It's not so funny when it's an adult, is it? What God wants us to do is learn. The gift is instruction that is eternal and never changes and from the mind of God the gift here not just the salvation that is in Jesus but the teaching that comes from Jesus treat people like you want to be treated be a peacemaker be gracious and kind and in those things you experience the wonderful gift of good relationships with others I don't know if I'll get bacon for Christmas. From Tammy's sneer on her face, I doubt that I will. But I will get to be with my kids and grandkids. And you know what? It's going to be okay, bacon or not. Because the little things, those relationships, those really are the big things. So this Christmas, receive the gift of big things as Jesus works in your life. Nate's going to come and lead us in a hymn of invitation. Let me challenge you and invite you to follow Jesus as Savior and to begin to integrate those teachings of Jesus into your daily life. Grace, peacemaking, the golden rule.
Would you stand with me, please? Nate? Most of you know this gal. Lois has been with us forever, sort of, since 1969. And she left for a while, and then she's been back for a while. And she's a member of River Boulevard Church, and she's coming to be a member of our church, coming back to the fold. If you affirm her decision to be here, would you say amen for her? Amen. amen. Lois, we're glad you're here. Thank you. And uh, come down and give her a fist bump or whatever, all right, when the services are over. Michelle, why don't you come and lead us in a closing prayer? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for having the chance to come and worship you this morning. Lord, we just ask that you'd help us continue to focus on the reason for the season, your son's birth, and the gift that you gave us so that he could die for us, for our sins, and let us live in eternity with you. Help us to forgive others, to love others, and to spread the joy of the good news. Amen.